0: We are so screwed up tonight. <laughs> get through it one way or the other. I will get through this. It is seven o'clock on the West Coast, and it's ten a.m. on the East Coast of America. Good morning, America. How are you? <laughs> it's uh, three p.m. in London, seven thirty in Mumbai, India, eleven p.m. in Kyoto, Japan, and in Malaysia it's nineteen sixty-seven. I'm Jay Sheldon, the Pantless One. Yeah, yes. Welcome, hello, and uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be uh, watching. Live, Facebook Live, YouTube, Twitch.tv, and Rumble.com are over on Rumble. Please subscribe over there to our channel. Uh, and uh, wherever you may be watching or listening Hello to our podcast listeners who are listening to the audio-only part of our show If you haven't done it yet, please, there is a link here uh, Go to whatever pla- uh, podcast platform you you use Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Radio Public, uh, Geo7 in India And uh, just um, search for I'm Not Wearing Pants I'm Not Wearing Pants Look for that logo you can also, I think search just J. Sheldon. It'll probably come up and uh just click on it, click follow or subscribe, and thank you for all the hundreds of people who've done that. We haven't reached a thousand yet, but we're getting there. We're so close. I know you can do it. I'm begging, okay? <clears throat> all right, enough begging. uh yeah, yes, um oh, by the way. Just literally, just as I was getting ready to come on the air, I'm checking my Twitter feed, and within the last hour, 90 minutes or so, uh, over in the U.S., uh, it looks as if the news is from, uh, well, the New York Times, that's, you know, whatever, Uh, Reuters, a lot of the major uh, news outlets, mainstream media anyway, are saying that uh, they expect today that uh, Twitter board will agree to elon musk's offer and uh it looks like elon musk is gonna own twitter yes another another blow for freedom i can't wait to watch the left meltdown over this i cannot wait it's gonna be glorious so uh yeah (laughs) that i don't have any links or anything because literally it's happening as i speak um, and they expect sometime today it to be announced that uh, they are accepting Elon Musk's offer. So, hallelujah for that. All right. It's time to update you on our favorite little furry lady. Miko Update. Ah, <laughs> uh, The Miko Update. She is doing great. Uh, she's having a ball. She's enjoying life in the fast lane. Over the weekend, and by the way, yes, I was not on Saturday night. Uh, I had a bit of a cold and a flu and uh, just had a whole bunch of stuff going on, a lot of first world problems. Uh, so I, I did not get on Saturday night. I apologize for those of you who like to spend your part of your Saturday evening with us. But uh, yeah, we, we just could not make it. We did our damnedest, but we couldn't make it. <clears throat> however we did make it earlier in the day to uh Desa park city and we had a great time with miko who uh yeah well she's such a poser look at this look at this shot what a shot uh yeah beautiful background too but uh, yeah she she mugs for the camera every chance she can get there's yours truly wearing pants i might add with uh, Miko on the Rocks. (laughs) Could be a new drink, you know, Miko on the Rocks. Uh, This is us walking along. Uh, There's a bunch of other dogs here at Dessa Park City. It's a great spot. It really is. Really, really nice park. Friendly people. And uh, there were so many people. Let me fast forward this. Look at that. All of these folks here, all with, mostly with their dogs. And she was actually a bit overwhelmed uh there were so many other dogs there, a few shebas also as a matter of fact but uh yeah she um she was a little bit uh, overwhelmed uh but we had a great time, no doubt about it and uh she uh she enjoyed herself. Thank you for those of you who ask always how is uh, how is miko there's your update she's great, and at the moment. She won't come in the studio. She refuses to come on the show. She's got a little diva attitude, and uh, she's uh, hanging out downstairs, so that's all right. She'll get over it. All right, first world problems. Yes, indeed. (laughs) This story hit the headlines today, and I I had to share it because it's just... It's from uh, AsiaOne.com. There is a link in our show notes if you'd like to read the whole story and be so sad for Eason Chan. Everyone gets affected by, you know, pandemics, a bad economy, inflation. Here's the headline. Eason Chan panicked after realizing he only had 5 million left in his bank account. Oh, I'm telling you life is rough, huh? If, Eason, if Ethan is, look, Eason is looking for some sympathy, he ain't getting it. Viewers were surprised when the normally tight lipped singer made a rather jaw dropping confession recently regarding his personal finances on a live stream chatting with viewers. He estimated he's been out of work for a year because of the COVID-19 situation. And, um, uh, Hong Kong Entertainment Media reported in an interview with the media two years ago, he also shared that his income for 2020 was close to zero, due in part to Hong Kong protests as well as the pandemic. With that, his bank balance has dwindled to a mere 30 million Hong Kong dollars, which is 5.2 million Sing. Which is about 15 or 20 million ringgit. Yeah. 47 years old, the amount is only sufficient to cover two years worth of his expenses. Sorry, Eason. There are those of us who are wondering where next month's rent is coming from. There are those of us in the world who are wondering where the next meal is coming from the fact that you have enough money to cover two years worth of expenses will get no sympathy from me and not a lot of other people either I'm really very stressed now because of the pandemic I haven't had work in about a year who also shared with viewers his housing payments cost about 600,000 Hong Kong dollars a month His candid confession left viewers astounded with several stating that 30 million Hong Kong is an amount they'd hardly be able to dream of accumulating in a lifetime. Others chimed in with not even for generations to come. Yeah. So uh, anyway, people really couldn't give a crap less about this guy and his, oh, poor me, first world problems. If you want to read the rest of this, article about this moron you can just click the link in the uh, show notes and uh, find out more about Isin Chan and his severe financial difficulties please just seriously why oh humans are idiots I include myself in that hey humans are also cruel but why why this is going to kind of relate to a story I've got coming up. The link to this article is in our show notes. And the ti- it's from Vox.com. Mm. The title is, Why Humans Are Cruel. A psychologist explains why we humans are terrible to each other. Why are humans so cruel to each other? And how do we justify acts of sheer inhumanity. Conventional explanation is that people are able to do terrible things to other people only after they dehumanize them. In the case of the Holocaust, for example, the Germans were willing to exterminate millions of Jews in part because Nazi ideology taught them to think of Jews as subhuman, as objects without the right to freedom, dignity, or even life itself. A psychology professor at Yale, Paul Bloom, thinks that that explanation of human cruelty is, at best, incomplete. And he was spoken to about why he thinks it's wrong to assume cruelty comes from dehumanization and about his grim conclusion that almost anyone, you, me, anybody, your mom, is capable of committing staggering atrocities given the right circumstances. There's an article, in the article here, there's a transcript of the conversation. And let me just read a little part of it, but you've got to read this whole article. It is fascinating. And this Paul Bloom guy from Yale really has some very interesting points. Can you sum up your argument about the roots of human cruelty? And Paul answers, a lot of people blame cruelty on dehumanization. They say when you fail to appreciate the humanity of other people, that's where genocide, slavery, all sorts of evils come from. But I don't think that's entirely wrong. I think a lot of real awful things we do to people arise from the fact that we don't see them as people. But the argument he makes is that that's incomplete. A lot of the cruelty we do to each other, the real savage, rotten, terrible things we do to one another are, in fact, because we recognize the humanity of the other person. We see other people as worthy of blame, morally responsible, as themselves cruel, as not giving us what we deserve, taking more than they deserve. And so we treat them horribly precisely because we see them as moral human beings. This article goes on. You got to read it. It's fascinating. It's from Vox.com. The link is in our show notes, our description down below, and it's called Why Humans Are Cruel. It is an amazing article. You really have to check it out. All right. Um, Speaking of which, (laughs) it blends really nicely into our next article, which is from The World of Buzz. And uh, great folks over at WildeBuzz, we use a lot of their stuff. We thank them very much for that. And we encourage you to click on our links in our show notes and check out, read the whole article. The headline is, Woman Condemned for Recording a Motorcycle Fire at Subang Flat and then Going Home. Here's a part of the video, here's a clip from the video says, what's wrong with helping to put out the fire? Or maybe calling for help, calling the fire department. A clip of a motorcycle with its basket on fire has been circulating on social media. And unfortunately, the motorcycle fire spread and caused the front of a flat to burn. Here's the, wow, nice mess. Many have since shared their belief the entire situation could have been avoided if the person who took all the time to grab her hand phone and record the fire had simply helped out instead of taking the time to record the fire and then once she had enough footage, just turning around and going home. Unbelievable. Uh, The uh, Balai Bamba Dan, basically the fire and emergency department, from Sungai Bulo shared the video and they wrote, This case happened in the Subang-Bestan area, uh, Bastari area. Firefighters received a complaint of a burning motorcycle beneath the block of a flat. Wow. Firefighters rushed to the scene, found the motorcycle 50% burnt, and unfortunately, because the position of the bike uh, in front of the entrance of a unit, it caused items kept at the front door and the front door itself to be burned completely. Uh... They went on to share the video that was taken by a woman who was passing by. It says, but unfortunately, the woman only recorded the situation and proceeded home to tell her husband about the fire and couldn't wait to upload the video into the flat management's WhatsApp group. Never mind calling the fire department, offering to help somebody to put out the fire. Nope. Got to get it on your handphone. Got to get it posted. The quick action of the joint management body and the residents put out the fire before the firefighters arrived. They should be praised for what they did as compared to this idiot woman. And uh, obviously that would have caused a lot bigger fire to maybe more than one unit if they hadn't been able to, uh, to take care of it. But, you know, seriously, folks, when you see things like this happen, why is your first instinct to grab your handphone and record it? Why isn't your first instinct to help. And exactly, exactly what I'm talking about is this next picture. Now, this is from the U.S. And this picture was taken on the, I believe it was a Sunday when the, uh, when the guy shot a bunch of people on the New York subway system. I'm sure you've heard the story. Uh, he has been arrested, although mainstream media is pretty much buried the story and nobody's following up on it but um this picture and more importantly this caption says it all and that foolish woman from that motorcycle fire could take a lesson this is from fuzzy chimp i believe it's a twitter feed you can grab your cell phone or you can be this guy be this guy This is someone tying a tourniquet on the leg, a volunteer, just a a passerby, a bystander. Some guy has been shot, and he's not grabbing his cell phone to take pictures to upload on their social media. He is helping. He's tying a tourniquet around this guy's upper leg so he doesn't bleed out. This guy, be this guy. Never mind your social media feeds. Never mind your brownie points and how many likes you get. Be a human being. Help when help is needed. Be this guy. What an amazing picture. And really, it's classic opposites of that story we just did. Absolutely amazing. Wow. All right, so we twist this thing into a little good news because uh, you like the path we're going on here from the idiot to the hero to another hero, a hero of another sorts. Again, this is from World of Buzz and uh, you have to check out the link in the show notes. It just so happens that not only is this article in World of Buzz, but it involves a dear friend of mine. And uh, you can read it. You can also see his picture right here. Uh, Malaysian shares heartwarming story of KFC manager in Ipoh. And there's Crazy David. And that's the manager. But check out the story. Uh, Alang. (laughs) Alang. Uh, On April 20th, uh, Alang took a, a KFC is delicious. You're right, Aldwin. Uh, he took to his uh, Facebook account and shared a heartwarming story that he encountered in Ipoh. Uh, what happened was he left a pub at about 1:30 in the morning, short walk back, saw the KFC opposite the hotel still open, went in to order takeout. And the staff told me they were closed, but the sign said closed at 2 AM. All the chicken was cleared from the heated display and after he protest, protested a little bit, uh, Dave, the manager, agreed, packed him an order, a snack plate meal, along with coleslaw, mashed potatoes, and a Pepsi. Very kind of him. And when he wanted to pay, he said, no worries. And he wouldn't take my card. He asked if I, was, I asked if he was sure, but he insisted. He said, FOC, it's okay, have a nice day. So, David Wu, crazy man that he is and dear friend, um, I asked if he said okay. He said he insisted. He added, surprised by the manager's kind gesture, uh, David left a 10 ringgit tip in the tip box. The guy still packed the meal respectfully, bells and whistles, despite knowing he wasn't going to charge him for it. I got back to the hotel room, tucked in. The meal was perfectly okay. The chicken and mash were still warm. Coleslaw cold. Bonus, he expressed, in gratitude. And then his phone rang from an odd 03 number from Puchong. And he said, I usually don't pick up these kind of calls, but it rang again immediately, so he picked up. It was the bank. Apparently, he'd left his card at KFC. And this manager, who just did him such a solid by giving him a free meal after they were closed, um, the manager called the bank to tell them about the matter. The bank advised them they would cancel the card, but the manager said, please try and call David before you cancel it, since it's kind of late, and he was sure that David would need to use the card. Well, that's what the bank told him. Anyway, after telling the bank he's going to head over to KFC and we'll call again in 10 minutes, the KFC manager was there at the branch, gave him back the card. And how is that for service and initiative? And there is uh, David Wu. There is the branch manager of KFC and a big hearty hi-ho. And uh, yeah, that's how you do things right. All the way down the line fantastic story read the whole article it's in our show notes tonight you can check it out and uh find out more details about the story very very cool story all right i love the good news stuff i love the good news stuff and that's why i've got another one from world of buzz (laughs) we're using a lot of world of buzz tonight oh man this is great this is a heart warmer you're gonna love this one these uh, police officers from Malaysia couldn't help but fulfill an adorable little boy's wish to sit on a patrol motorcycle. Now, complain if you want, but these guys, this is what, what you call community policing. This little guy is going to grow up with a new respect for police as you should have. There's a lot of bad cops out there, but there are, and I've always said this, there are a ton of good ones. And this is one of the good ones. Oftentimes, children see shiny things and they want to touch, the article says. So was such when a little boy saw the police motorbikes and just knew he wanted to sit on one. Well, thankfully, the officers were in good sports and fulfilled the adorable boy's wishes. Uh, Paramyesh Ben took to her Facebook page to showcase her happy little son, Yes, uh, Yeswanath. I hope that's... I'm sure I mispronounced that. He desperately wanted a closer look at a passing police uh, patrol bike. And as the police officer approached to entertain him, uh, he wrote last... She wrote last week he saw police motorbikes with their sirens at a petrol station and said, Amma, ama, police motorbikes, I must sit. Uh, she told him that he couldn't, but one of the police officers was already walking over to him. There he is. (laughs) Look at this little guy. And finally, his dream came true. I was surprised, she writes, when the policeman came and talked to him. Plus, he got a chance to sit on the motorbike. Proud of you, my son. A special thanks to the police officers, she added. And uh, there was a short video along with the post as the little kid even... Blue kisses to the police officers as they said their goodbyes. Man, that is amazing. Fantastic. What a great story. Check it out. It's from World of Buzz, and the link is in our show notes. Uh, Aldwin Wong says, I guess not all police officers are bad apples. Forget defunding the police. Police reform sounds nicer. It sounds exactly right Uh, like i said hey there's some bad cops i worked for three years as an internal affairs officer with the sheriff's department in monroe county and so uh it was my job to weed out the bad cops but um yeah they uh they are out there but for every one bad cop there's 50 or 100 good cops just like these guys look at that what a shot (laughs) We're often too quick to criticize. So, all right, I wanted to share this. It has nothing to do with anything. And I know you've probably heard part of it before, but I don't think you've heard the whole thing. If you are older, this will mean something more to you. But if you are younger, it might too. And it is uh, Dylan Thomas. Do not go gently into that good night. Old age should burn and rave at the close of day, rage, rage against the dying of the night. Though wise men at their end know dark is right, because their words had forked no lightning, they do not go gentle into that good night. Grave men near death who see with blinding sigh. Blind eyes could blaze the meteors and be gay. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. And you, my father, there on the sad height. Curse, bless me now with your fierce tears, I pray. Do not go gentle. Into that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. I'm sure you've heard the first part of that, but likely have never heard the entire poem from Dylan Thomas. Good stuff. Wanted to share that with you tonight. All right, and one more before we get to our book. <laughs> One more to make you laugh. I gotta set this up. This is a video. There's no sound. Well, there's sound, but I'm not gonna play it. This woman is banging a pot. And after she bangs the pot, she calls, just makes some weird noise like a ayah, ayah, to call the chickens that it's feeding time. But take a look. Watch this. If you're listening to the podcast, I'm sorry, guys. Please, the link's in our show notes, in our description. Watch this. you got to see it. So she, I'll play it. Here it goes. She bangs the pot. There she goes. Bangs the pot and yells, ah, and then she ducks down and runs away. I'm thinking, what the hell? It's just a few chickens here. But take a look. Watch up. Look at this. Look at that. And more. And more. Look at them. There are Hundreds. No wonder she ran away. Look at that. They're still coming. Unbelievable. Check it out. We'll just play it again. Just a few chickens laying around, and apparently they know what that pot banging noise is because they come out of everywhere. And yes, chickens can fly if you didn't know that. Look at that. There are hundreds of these crazy birds racing down the mountain. (laughs) man oh yeah i saw that and i had to share it <laughs> unbelievable mm. all right coffee break time hang on hang on let me just give me a minute here all right it is time to move on to our book as you know we have been reading winnie the pooh by a.a a. milne And we love this. Uh, My favorite book of all time. Uh, It's from the Gutenberg Project, gutenberg.org. If you want to go over there, check out all their books. They're all in the public domain. And uh, we are up to chapter seven in Winnie the Pooh, in which Kanga and Baby Roo come to the forest and Piglet has a bath. Nobody seemed to know where they came from but there they were in the forest, Kanga and Baby Roo. When Pooh asked Christopher Robin, how did they come here? Christopher Robin said, in the usual way. You know what I mean, Pooh? And Pooh, who didn't, said, oh. And then he nodded his head twice and said, in the usual way. Ah. And then he went to call on his friend Piglet to see what He thought about it. And at Piglet's house, he found Rabbit. So they all talked about it together. What I don't like about it is this, said Rabbit. Here we are, you Pooh and you Piglet and me. And suddenly, and Eeyore, said Pooh, and Eeyore. And then suddenly, and Owl, said Pooh, and Owl. And then all of a sudden, oh." and eeyore said pooh i was forgetting him here we are said rabbit very slowly and carefully all of us and then suddenly We wake up one morning, and what do we find? We find a strange animal among us, an animal of whom we have never seen before, an animal who carries her family about with her in her pocket. Suppose I carried my family about with me in my pocket. How many pockets should I want? Uh, Sixteen, said Piglet. Uh, Seventeen, isn't it? said rabbit and one more for a handkerchief that's 18 18 pockets in one suit i haven't time there was a long and thoughtful silence and then pooh who'd been frowning very hard for some minutes said i make it 15 what said rabbit uh, 15 15 what your family uh, what about them Pooh rubbed his nose and said he thought Rabbit had been talking about his family. Did I, said Rabbit carelessly. "Uh, Yes, uh, you said... Never mind, Pooh, said Piglet impatiently. "Uh, The question is, what are we going to do about Kanga? Oh, I see, said Pooh. "Uh, The best way, said Rabbit, would be this. The best way would be to steal Baby Roo and hide him. And then when Kanga says, where's baby Roo, we say, aha. Aha, said Pooh, practicing. Aha, aha, of course. He went on, Uh, we could say, aha, even if we hadn't stolen baby Roo. Pooh, said Rabbit kindly, you haven't any brain. I know, said Pooh humbly. We say aha so that Kanga knows we know where Baby Roo is. Aha means we'll tell you where Baby Roo is if you promise to go away from the forest and never come back. Now don't talk while I think. Pooh went into a corner and tried saying aha in that sort of voice. Sometimes it seemed to him that it did mean what Rabbit said and sometimes it seemed to him that it didn't. I suppose it's just practice, he thought. I wonder if Kanga will have practiced it, too, so as to understand it. There's just one thing, said Piglet, fidgeting a bit. I was talking to Christopher Robin, and he said that a Kanga was generally regarded as one of the fiercer animals. I'm not frightened of fierce animals in the ordinary way, but it is well known that if one of the fiercer animals is deprived of its young, it becomes as fierce as two of the fiercer animals, in which case "aha," ha is perhaps a foolish thing to say. Piglet, said Rabbit, taking out a pencil and licking the end of it. You haven't any pluck. It's hard to be brave, said Piglet, sniffling s- slightly. Only when you're a very small animal. Rabbit, who'd begun to write very busily, looked up and said, It is because you are a very small animal that you will be useful in the adventure before us. Piglet was so excited at the idea of being useful that he forgot to be frightened any more. "'And one rabbit went on to say that kangas were only fierce "'during the winter months, being at other times "'of an affectionate disposition. "'He could hardly sit still. "'He was so eager to begin being useful at once. "'What about me?' said Pooh sadly. "'I suppose I shan't be useful.' "'Never mind, Pooh,' said Piglet comfortingly. "'Another time, perhaps?' Without Pooh, said Rabbit solemnly as he sharpened his pencil, the adventure would be impossible. Oh, said Piglet, and tried not to look disappointed. But Pooh went into a corner of his room and said proudly to himself, Impossible without me, that sort of bear. Now, listen, all of you, said Rabbit when he'd finished writing. And Pooh and Piglet sat and listened very eagerly with their mouths open. And this was what Rabbit read out. Plan to capture Baby Roo. General remarks. Kanga runs faster than any of us, even me. More general remarks. Kanga never takes her eyes off Baby Roo, except when he's safely buttoned up in her pocket. Three. Therefore, If we are to capture baby Roo, we must get a long start, because Kanga runs faster than any of us, even me. See number one. A thought. Number four. If Roo had jumped out of Kanga's pocket and Piglet had jumped in, Kanga wouldn't know the difference, because Piglet is a very small animal. Five. Like Roo. Six. But Kanga would have to be looking the other way first so as not to see Piglet jumping in. Seven. See two. Eight. Another thought. But if Pooh was talking to her very excitedly, she might look the other way for a moment. Nine. And then I could run away with Roo. Number ten. Quickly. Number eleven. And Kanga wouldn't discover the difference until afterwards. Well, Rabbit read this out proudly, and for a little while after he read it, nobody said anything. And then Piglet, who'd been opening and shutting his mouth without making any noise, managed to say very huskily, And afterwards? How do you mean? When Kanga does discover the difference? Then we say, Aha! all three of us yes oh why what's the trouble piglet um nothing said piglet as long as we all three say it as long as we all three say it said piglet i don't mind he said Uh, but i shouldn't care to say aha by myself It wouldn't sound nearly so well. Uh, By the way, he said, you are quite sure about what you said about the winter months? The winter months? Yes, only being fierce in the winter months? Oh, yes, yes, that's right. Uh, Well, Pooh, you see what you have to do? Uh, No, said Pooh Bear. Uh, Not yet, he said. What do I do? Well, you just have to talk very hard to Kanga so she doesn't notice anything. Oh, what about anything you like? You mean like telling her a little bit of poetry or something? That's it, said Rabbit. Splendid. Now come along. And so they went out to look for Kanga. "'Well, Kanga and Roo were spending a quiet afternoon "'in a sandy part of the forest. "'Baby Roo was practicing very small jumps in the sand, "'and Kanga was fidgeting about, saying, "'Just one more jump, dear, and then we must go home. "'At that moment, who should come stumping up the hill but Pooh? "'Good afternoon, Kanga. "'Oh, good afternoon, Pooh. "'Look at me, jumping!' "'Squeaked Roo and fell into another mouse hole. "'Hello, Roo, my little fellow. "'We're just going home,' said Kanga. "'Good afternoon, Rabbit. Good afternoon, Piglet.' "'Piglet and Rabbit, who'd now come from the other side of the hill, "'said good afternoon and hello, Roo, "'and Roo asked them to look at him jumping, "'so they stayed and looked. "'And Kanga looked, too. "'Oh, Kanga!' "'said Pooh, after Rabbit had winked at him twice. "'I don't know if you're interested in poetry at all. "'Hardly at all,' said Kanga. "'Oh,' said Pooh. Uh, "Roo, dear, just one more jump, and then we must go home.' "'There was a short silence while Ru fell down another mousehole. "'Go on,' said Rabbit in a loud whisper behind his paw. Uh, uh, "'Talking of poetry,' said Pooh. I I made up a little piece as I was coming along. It went like this. Uh, Now let me see. Fancy, said Kanga. Now, Roo, dear, uh, you'll like this piece of poetry, said Rabbit. You'll love it, said Piglet. You must listen very carefully, said Rabbit. As so as not to miss any of it, said Piglet. Oh, yes, said Kanga, but she still looked at Baby Roo. How did it go, Pooh? said Rabbit. Pooh gave a little cough and began. Lines written by a bear, of very little brain. On Monday, when the sun is hot, I wonder to myself a lot. Now is it true or is it not, that what is which and which is what? On Tuesday, when it hails and snows, the feeling on me grows and grows, that hardly anybody knows, if These are those, are those are these. On Wednesday, when the sky is blue and I have nothing else to do, I sometimes wonder if it's true that who is what and what is who. On Thursday, when it starts to freeze and hoarfrost twinkles on the trees, how very readily one sees but these are whose and whose are these. On Friday, Yes, it is, isn't it, said Kanga, not wanting to hear what happened on Friday. Just one more jump, Roo dear, and then we really must be going. Rabbit gave Pooh a hurry-up sort of nudge. Talking of poetry, Pooh said quickly, have you noticed that tree over there? Where, said Kanga. Now, Rue, right over there, pointing behind Kanga's back. No, said Kanga. Now jump in, Roo, dear, and we'll go home. You ought to look at that tree right over there. Shall I lift you in, Roo? And he picked up Roo in his paws. I can see a bird in it from here, said Pooh, or or is it a fish? You ought to see that bird from here, said Rabbit, uh, unless it's a fish. It isn't a fish, it's a bird, said Piglet. Ah, so it is, said Rabbit. Is it a starling or a blackbird, said Pooh. Oh, that's the whole question, said Rabbit. Is it a blackbird or a starling? And then, at last, Kanga did turn her head to look. And in the moment her head was turned, Rabbit said in a loud voice, In you go, Roo! And in jumped Piglet into Kanga's pocket and off-scampered Rabbit, with Roo in his paws, as fast as he could. "'Why, where's Rabbit?' said Kanga, turning around again. "'Are you all right, Roo, dear?' Piglet made a squeaky Roo noise from the bottom of Kanga's pocket. "Uh, "'Rabbit had to go away,' said Pooh. "I "'I think he thought of something he had to do and see about suddenly.' And Piglet, Uh, I think Piglet thought of something at the same time, uh, suddenly. Well, then, we must be going home, said Kanga. Goodbye, Pooh. And in three large jumps, she was gone. Pooh looked after her as she went. I wish I could jump like that, he thought. Some can and some can't. That's how it is. But there were moments when Piglet wished Kanga couldn't. Often, when he had a long walk home through the forest, he'd wished he was a bird. But now he thought jerkily to himself at the bottom of Kanga's pocket, This take, if is, shall, if flying, I really never shall get to it. As he went up and down in the air, he said, "Oh, As he came down, he said, Ow! And he was saying, Ooh! Ow! ow, ooh, ow, ooh, ow, all the way to Kanga's house. Of course, as soon as Kanga unbuttoned her pocket, she saw what happened. Just for a moment, she thought she was frightened, and then she knew she wasn't. For she felt sure that Christopher Robin would never let any harm happen to Rue. So she said to herself, if they're going to have a joke with me, I will have a joke with them. ''Now then, Rue dear,'' she said as she took Piglet out of her pocket. ''Bedtime!'' ''Aha!'' said Piglet as well as he could after his terrifying journey. But it wasn't a very good aha. Kanga didn't seem to understand what it meant. ''Bath first,'' said Kanga in a cheerful voice. ''Aha!'' said Piglet again, looking around anxiously for the others but the others weren't there. Rabbit was playing with Baby Roo in his own house and feeling more fond of him every minute, and Pooh, who'd decided to be a Kanga, was still at the Sandy Place on top of the forest, practicing jumps. I'm not at all sure, said Kanga in a thoughtful voice, that it wouldn't be a good idea to have a cold bath this evening. Would you like that, Roo, dear? Piglet, who'd never really been fond of baths, shuddered a long, indignant shudder and said in as brave a voice as he could, Kanga, I can see the time has come to speak plainly. Funny little Roo, said Kanga as she got the bath water ready. I'm not Roo, said Piglet loudly. I am Piglet. "'Yes, dear, yes,' said Kanga soothingly, and imitating Piglet's voice, too. "'So clever of him,' she went on and took a large bar of yellow soap out of the cupboard. "'What will he be doing next?' "'Can't you see?' shouted Piglet. "'Haven't you got eyes? Look at me!' "'I am looking, rude, dear.' said Kanga rather severely, and you know what I told you yesterday about making faces. If you go on making faces like Piglet, you will grow up to look like Piglet, and then think how sorry you'll be. Now then, into the bath, and don't let me have to speak to you again about it. Before he knew where he was, Piglet was in the bath, and Kanga was scrubbing him firmly with a large lathery flannel. Ow! cried Piglet. Let me out! I'm Piglet! Don't open the mouth, dear, or soap goes in, said Kanga. There! What did I tell you? You you did that on purpose, sputtered Piglet as soon as he could speak again, and then accidentally had another mouthful of lathery flannel. That's right, dear, don't say anything, said Kanga. And in another minute, Piglet was out of the bath and being rubbed dry with a towel. Now, said Kanga, there's your medicine and then bed. What medicine, said Piglet, to make you grow big and strong, dear? You don't want to grow up small and weak like Piglet, do you? Well, then, at that moment, there came a knock at the door. "'Come in,' said Kanga, and in came Christopher Robin. "'Christopher Robin! Christopher Robin!' cried Piglet. "'Tell Kanga who I am. She keeps saying I'm Roo. I'm not Roo. Uh, Am I?' "'Christopher Robin looked at him very carefully and shook his head. "'You can't be Roo,' he said, "'because I've just seen Roo playing at Rabbit's house.' "'Well,' said Kanga, "'fancy that!' Fancy my making a mistake like that. There you are, said Piglet. I told you I'm Piglet. Christopher Robin shook his head again. Oh, you're not Piglet, he said. I know Piglet well, and he's quite a different color. Piglet began to say this was because he just had a bath, and then he thought that perhaps he wouldn't say that, as he opened his mouth to say something else, Kanga slipped the medicine spoon in and then patted him on the back and told him that it really was quite a nice taste once you get used to it. I knew it wasn't Piglet, said Kanga. I wonder who it can be. Oh, perhaps it's some relation of Pooh's," said Christopher Robin. What about a nephew or an uncle or something? Well, Kanga agreed this was probably what it was, and said that they would have to call it by some name. I shall call it Poutel, said Christopher Robin. Henry Poutel, for short. And just when it was decided, Henry Poutel wiggled out of Kanga's arms, jumped to the ground, and to his great joy, Christopher Robin had left the door open. Never had Henry Putel Piglet run so fast as he ran just then. And he didn't stop running until he got quite close to his house. But when he was a hundred yards away, he stopped running and rolled the rest of the way home so as to get his own nice, comfortable color back again. And so Kanga and Roo stayed in the forest And every Tuesday, Roo spent the day with his great friend, Rabbit. And every Tuesday, Kanga spent the day with her great friend, Pooh, teaching him to jump. And every Tuesday, Piglet spent the day with his great friend, Christopher Robin. And so they were all happy again. (laughs) That's chapter seven. Of Winnie the Pooh. Coming up on our next stream, we'll do chapter eight in which Christopher Robin leads an exposition to the North Pole. (laughs) Woo! All right. Ah, there we go. Let's see. Where are we? Here we go. Okay. Um, Mr. Sheldon, this is a little off topic, but do you plan to watch Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness in theaters on the 4th of May? By the way, I am a Marvel fan. Um, Likely not. Sadly, cinemas here kind of suck. And I... Don't really enjoy going to the cinema. Um I if it's a if it's a yeah, I, I'm not a I I I enjoy Marvel films. I, I'm not a big fanboy, uh, so it wouldn't mean a lot to me. Uh I'll watch them if I'm thoroughly bored. But I'm not like, oh, gotta see it. Um so I guess the answer to your question is likely not. Um the one film that I did not get a chance to see uh, was Dune. And that's occasionally a film will come along that you really must see on a big screen. I'm perfectly happy watching watching films either on my computer monitor or my television through streaming. But um, sometimes a film like, say, the latest one I I can think of would would have been Dune uh, to see uh, that really should be seen on a big screen um so yeah sorry to disappoint i'm I'm just not a big a big uh, marvel fan so um yeah but enjoy it I, I can't wait uh may what may 4th 4th of may all right dr strange in the multiverse of madness cool cool beans let me know come back on the stream let me know how it was all right cool beans i will see you again on uh, what is this monday it is monday right Goodness, it's Monday. All right, I'll see you again on Wednesday night, 10 o'clock Malaysian time. And uh, thank you to all of our uh, followers and our subscribers. And to those of you who have not yet done it, please go to your favorite podcast platform, Spotify, Apple, uh, Google, Stitcher, Radio Public, Geo7, and just search for I'm Not Wearing Pants. Look for that logo. Search If you want, try searching Jay Sheldon. That's the logo you'll see. Click on it, click follow or subscribe. And you can, uh, you can take us with you on our podcast. And uh, as we, we get along our quest to get 1,000 followers. I know, small numbers, but for me, it's fantastic. Thank you to everyone who's done that. Hundreds of you, we haven't hit the 1,000 mark yet, but we're getting there. Very soon, I'll let you know. All right, I'll see you again on uh, Wednesday night. Until then, I am the pantless one, Jay Sheldon. Good night. <laughs>